From Phoenix to London, from L.A. to around the world, this is The Ticket, all sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle, Ray Ellis, and Fan Man. Your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Work it, make it, do it, makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. That, 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 that don't kill me, can only make us stronger. I need you to hurry up now, cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now, cause I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now, that's how long I've been on ya. Yes, I like that music, and I hope you like this show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network, and I think I have the number one co-host in the world with fan me. Fan Man's here. Hey, Fan Man, what's happening, man? Uh, not much. Just sitting here in sunny California, Huntington Beach, having a cocktail and some chicken wings, my man. Oh, hey, man, I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. Uh, were you excited about the football this weekend? Oh, yeah, I was on. Yeah, it was pretty good this weekend. Uh, a lot, a lot of uh, hardcore hits, but uh, other than that, it was, it was pretty interesting to see the way the – nobody's really breaking out to, to show who's going to be in the Super Bowl. It's, it, it, you know, maybe the Giants and the Titans. I mean, the Titans, I was, I'm shocked they're, they're – uh, Four and Well, you know, one thing about it, I've always been one who, who's always said that this is uh, this is not a uh, a contact sport. No, at it's all. not. This, no, it's this not is a, a collision sport. sport. And you, <laughs> there were there were many collisions that took place this weekend and in the past. And I, you know, for the first time, I am really starting to think, you know, man, this game is an extremely violent game. I've never really felt that it was a violent game, and it could wait, be wait, because... Wait, wait, so you're, you're telling me it wasn't violent when you played? Well, see, again, I was I about to say... Well, I was played. about to say that, and the reason why it was because it was legal then, and now it's it's not legal. And so, but I, you don't think about it. It's like when you do something, oh, if I did it, you know, I'm not guilty, but if somebody else does it, oh, he's wrong. Right. But I'm actually looking at the game from a different perspective now. I'm looking at it, and I'm watching these very violent hits that these players are taking. And even watching the Monday night game last night, you know, mm-hmm. it was a hell of a hit last night, and then they put the kid back in the game. And I'm just, I just don't think that should happen. See, I don't think the- that's right. If you get hit like that, uh, there, there could be a possibility of an injury or a starting of an, in, an injury, and they should pull him out of the game, make sure he's okay, keep him out of the game for next in, until, until next week. I mean, Anquan Baldwin is a prime example of it. Now Kurt Warner is saying, I'm going to retire. I don't want to get hurt. Yeah, I don't it, want my it, life ruined. Well, I, 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 think, I think Kurt's position and, and what we're talking about, for those of you who are listening, again, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Hey, man. And you can call us at 866-472-5788 in the event you would like to join this discussion. But we're talking about Kurt Warner, who uh, allegedly texted his wife to tell her that based upon what had happened to Anquan Bowden uh, in that uh, game against the, uh, the, the Jets, that he was considering retiring because he thought that he was to blame because he threw a pass and it was kind of, you know, it was in traffic, and Anquan took a hell of a hit, and Kurt didn't know what his condition was going to be and if he, if he was going to be able to recover from that. And so it just mentally it affected him in such a way that he thought, wow, you know, well, I'm responsible for that. Now, it's not alleged. He actually did it. Uh, he actually um, contacted his wife through texting and uh, told her that it was time to retire, that uh, you know, his family, he had to consider his family in light of these injuries. And Warner you know, could suffer any given week, and Warner you know, basically said to his wife, uh, you know, 
I, I want to I want to retire for a couple. You know, I wonder. I I've been wanting to retire for a couple of years now, and I think that uh, his time is coming. He's thirty seven years old, and, and and a hit like that could uh, that could be it for him. So well, I, think there are, there are, I think after this season, I think it would be a good move on his part and get old Hollywood Matt in there, the ten million dollar golden boy, get him in there to do something. Well, Let certainly there, there there are many things that influence one's. Uh, thinking process about retiring and, and the game is becoming a, a faster game, a bigger game, a much more violent game. And uh, well, usually, you, know, of, you know what you're saying, Ray? You're saying it's a game for younger guys, uh, you know, uh, 20 in, in, in their early 20s and, and Warner, just as an example, and I'm not picking on Kurt, he's doing a great job with the Cardinals, but, you know, he's getting older. I mean, Brett Favre, I was surprised he even came back. Well, uh, these guys can really get hurt by these younger well, players. Well, if you think about it, fam, man, it's always been a young man's game. There's yes. been far and few between. There are the exceptions but the average football player's career only lasts about three and a half years. And speaking of that, uh, we're supposed to have a special guest with us today, and I'm just not sure if our guest is with us. But uh, well, Tony, was on, Tony was on the line. Tony, you there? Yes, I am. Yeah, there he is. Hey, right there, right? all right, we were talking Tony. earlier all about you. Well, wow, you guys got a chance to talk about me, and I didn't even get a chance. Yeah, you didn't even hear what we said behind your back. <laughs> hey, well, that's all right. Hey, uh, Tony is with us today, and, of course, of course we're talking about uh, Tony, can I pronounce this the correctly this time? Is it Mandarich? Is that the correct pronunciation? That Tony? is exactly right. Yeah, man. Welcome aboard. It's been uh, it's been something that I've anticipated having this opportunity to talk to you. You know, for a number of reasons. But uh, one of the things that I really wanted to do. Listen, you know, you you were a, a great ball player, and I want to say anybody who makes it to that level is a great ball player. There were things you did to earn the right and the respect to get there. And we'll go into some of the other controversy. And we are going to go into that, Tony. You okay with that? Oh, absolutely. Well, that's good, man, because, see, I don't want anybody to think that this was anything. You all heard him say that I wasn't even where he was on the line. So this has not been discussed, uh, what he's going to say, what he's not going to say, what I'm going to say, what I'm not going to say. So you mean you didn't prep this interview? No, I didn't prep. (laughs) I didn't prep the interviews. Hey, hey, Tony, I don't even know. Tony, the only reason why Fan Man is on this call is because this is a show for the fans. It's to give you a hard time as well. And I got to say that I had to find one fan that was out there that would really give me a true indication of what the real fan is like. You know, the ones where at Michigan State, you guys probably had them way up at the top of the stadium and they didn't care, you know, if they saw the game or not because you don't know what frame of mind they were in. But <laughs> they knew me, if you, they knew if you won or if you lost. I was one of those guys. You'd be yeah. out in the field, I'd be throwing snowballs. <laughs> yeah, and so, so they know if you won or if you lost because if you lost, they wanted to run you out of town. If you if you won, of course, they'd extended their weekend. But, uh, hey, Tony, it's, it's great to have you here. Here, listen, I'm going to have a few questions, but one thing that I wanted to do is, uh, of course, you know, everybody knows about the controversy, you know, but, you know, why don't you just, you know, give a little, uh, take a little time to introduce yourself to the people properly the way you like to be able to do some things you people like people to know about you. Uh, as an example, I didn't know you were from Ontario, you know, there's, so why don't you give people a little perspective we start with, before we go head to head? Well, um, I guess to give you a, a real brief, quick description, I, I mean, I was born and raised just outside of Toronto, Canada. I'm, I am Canadian and, uh, you know, spent most of my adult life in the U.S. Uh, from my senior year of high school through, you know, college at Michigan State and played with the pack for four years, did three years of retirement, and then uh, three years with the Colts and then uh, continued to work in the U.S., I had an opportunity to go back home and, and get into a golf course business for five years, and we did that till 2005, and then moved to Scottsdale, Arizona, and where we ended up going full-time with our photography, 
and that expanded into video production, and that ex- you know then that expanded into web design, web optimization, and internet marketing. So we have a media company that we're we'll have a lot of clients come to us for one of those five things, and then by the time it's all said and done, they've they've ended up acquiring us for three or four of those things because they kind of overlap. Um, obviously, I was second pick in the draft in 1989 with the pack, and uh, um, I had a just a horrible horrible career in Green Bay, totally totally my fault, uh, and I can't point the finger at anybody but myself, Green Bay had given me every opportunity to succeed there, the organization, the fans, the media, um, but I kept shooting myself in the foot and I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Um, was out of the league for three years uh, and then uh, was, was lucky enough to get a chance with another team with Indianapolis and really nobody had to take a chance on me with all the nonsense that I had created in the NFL um, but Indy took a chance and I'm grateful they did and uh, I went back and played there for three years and I kept my mouth shut and I gave that that team everything I had as far as effort and, and classroom time and off the field, on the field time everything, weight room um, and then retired in, in 98, 99 with a shoulder injury, and, and really that was done with the chapter of football. Um, you know, years later now into present day, uh, I ended up uh, writing a book that will be released um, in March, uh, and it basically tells about my life uh, and the mistakes I've made. Um, and it's kind of a cautionary tale. The whole motivation for the book is is to help people that are having problems with either drug or alcohol addiction um, or uh, just to kind of beware whether, I don't care if it's as young as Pop Warner, high school, college, or professional football, it doesn't matter if it's steroids, it doesn't matter if it's marijuana, heroin, prescription painkillers, it doesn't matter what it is, alcohol. Um, If you're not careful and if you don't uh, watch what you're doing and you start getting addicted to this stuff it'll bring you down to your knees and if you're lucky you'll get back up if it doesn't kill you and, and so that's what the book's about and and uh you know i, I chose not to do what jose canseco did and, and and name names i probably could have sold five times as many books but my motive is to help people it ain't to to, to roll on people well, Tony, certainly uh, I, I can appreciate, man, and respect, you know, it, it took a lot of time and a lot of hard work to do some of the things that you've accomplished, and it took a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of intestinal fortitude to come on this show and other shows that you've, uh, you know, going around the country, either been on TV or, or you've uh, been on the radio or you've done interviews uh, in the newspaper, but certainly uh, I appreciate the opportunity to have uh, the chance to speak with you. Fam, and I want to take some time to speak with him, and then I want to let you get something in, but r- right now I want to okay. go, go Michigan State against Ohio State, so <laughs> we gotta, <laughs> we, we're going to go at it a little bit here, Tony. So I guess, you know, and, and Tony, when you hear the music, we're going to have to take a break, and I hate that because sure. we're actually going to take a break in about three minutes. No but I'm just, I'm just going to start off with a very simple, direct, to-the-point question when it deals with the steroids, and that question is, why? Why did you take steroids? What led you to think the answer to whatever it is I'm dealing with is steroids? I mean, literally the answer was to get to the next level of, of football, and I, I felt... You know, now when I grew up, I mean, the teams that I was watching were the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 70s. And, you know, the rumors, even as you're a kid, you're a teenager, the rumors are that, you know, they're all 
taking steroids. And then, you know, that kind of sticks with you that, you know, offensive linemen or defensive linemen are the real big guys. I mean, you've got you to take steroids to get to the NFL. So, you know, that always stuck in the back of my head. And then, you know, you always think about, and I'm not, you know, a lot of people are like this, and you'll understand this, Ray, because you played in the NFL and you've been around unbelievable competition. You're always trying to look for the edge, to get, you know, to get the edge so you can play better or whatever it is. Now, that edge can be, you know, eating right, taking care of your body, um, you know, running correctly, being in shape, you know, weightlifting, whatever. Well, I considered all those things the edge in addition to taking steroids was also an edge. And, and at, at that time, I felt that I really, in my heart of hearts, felt that you can't make it in the NFL unless you take steroids. And obviously, I mean, that's, that's way off. But that was my frame of mind at that time. Now, uh, you, you mentioned that to get to the next level, does that mean, and, and I think you've gone on record to say this, some of this started while you were at Michigan State. So did you ever think about, okay, well, I'm already competing at the highest level here, and I'm doing pretty damn good. I probably will succeed when I go to the next level without taking these steroids. Or was it the competition that was at Michigan State that made you feel you needed to take the steroids at that time? Well, you know, there was, uh, I'll tell you what, there was an eye-opening experience my freshman year at Michigan. Oh, wow. Hey, Tony, man, yes. I, I've tried to warn you when yeah, you hear right. that music. <laughs> I'll but tell you when we get back from break. Okay, keep that thought. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. We got Big Tony with us, Tony Mandridge. We'll be right back after this message. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I'm Joe Wood, president of Famous Footwear. We are a proud sponsor of March of Dimes' premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dimes' research and programs. And with our support, we can do even more for families all over America. One day, all babies will be born healthy, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the 
shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Yes, that's right. You're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. We got big Tony with us, Tony Mandarich, the number one draft pick for the uh, Green Bay Packers of the first round of 1989. Went on to play several years in the league. Uh, didn't play up to his expectations or perhaps some others, but Tony's here to give us a perspective about what happened. And we, before we went to break, Tony, we started talking about uh, a revelation, uh, eye-awakening experience that happened to you at Michigan State University. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, you know, it was my freshman year at Michigan State, and I, obviously we, we already went through camp, and we opened up with Colorado, I think. And, you know, you're just fresh out of high school, so the, the stuff is, is pretty incredible to be playing in front of 80,000 people. And we ended up, we played Notre Dame at Michigan State, and I think it was the second or third game of the year. And I was an offensive tackle. Now, I, w- I hadn't played yet because I had the possibility of being redshirted. And we're sitting there, I'm sitting there on the sideline watching this game, and I look at Mark Bavaro, who's the, who was the tight end for the Irish at the time, ended up mm. going on to the Giants and having a great career. And when I saw that guy's arms, and when I saw how big he was, and, and he made me look like a child, and he was a tight end, and I was an offensive tackle, and I thought to myself, you know, now you're playing with the big boys. And I knew that I had to really focus and get into the weight room and, and, and uh, get, you know, much bigger if I was going to play and compete at that level. You know, it's interesting you say that, Tony, because I, I myself had some eye-awakening moments in, in my career as well. But they were more an inspirational thing. There were some things that I saw that kind of inspired me to do something different. And a, lot, a couple of them were movies. They were... Uh, Brian's song and Brian, uh, you know, Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and the way they related and they worked hard and they, you know, they overcame a whole lot of adversity and had both great players and, of course, Brian ended up dying. But then I watched another movie, Ali, you know, the greatest, you know, sure. and how he prepared to go out, you know, to prepare himself for fights. You know, fights were against all odds. There's no way he was ever supposed to win those fights. Right. And then, of course, even, you know, a, 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 a a figurative of our imagination, a character didn't really exist. Well, it was based upon somebody, but Rocky. Yeah. You know, but these were people that, hey, they were up against something. They saw something. It was a challenge, but they did what you said. They went into the weight room. They worked harder. They didn't turn to that. And what I, what I want to ask, and I'm not asking for names, but also, was it, did anybody else ever encourage you that perhaps, man, the only way you're going to get like that, because Wilbur Montgomery and myself used to work out for the Eagles when we played back in the day, and we used to look at people with these, you know, these hawk muscles like you used to have, right. and like, we're never going to be like that. We can stay in the <laughs> weight room, but we're never going to be like that, you know. Wilbur, I'm sorry to tell everybody, but that's the truth, man. We just hey, knew. Wilbur's going to be calling you, dude. Yeah, we knew we weren't going to get that, that, that physique, that built. And so... I, I, we just did everything else. We tried to get those other edges that we might have mentally better, you know, more prepared, you know. Again, our work, better shape, you know, better condition. Sure. But was there anybody, and here's what I'm getting to, because there was something in the Wall Street Journal just past weekend about steroids in the NFL, and I guess it's the best-kept secret. And, and they, what they tried to say is that perhaps maybe because the people, like you mentioned, the offensive linemen and defensive linemen, 
who are taking, supposedly, allegedly taking these steroids, don't affect the records of the game. And so they don't hold these records, so they're not held accountable. And I think that's a bunch of BS because I'm telling you, if the whole offensive line is on steroids, that running back has an advantage of gaining more yards, you know. Maybe it happened mm-hmm. down in Dallas one time, you know. Right, so, right. But, but was there a person that said, hey, Tony, we need you. Maybe you should do this because I want to find out are other people influencing you or you just made these decisions on yourself. No names. Right. But is it is it peer pressure from other people? Well, you know, uh, I mean, like you said, nobody, nobody ever made me do anything. I always made the ultimate decision. And, you know, uh, who introduced me to steroids I talk about in the book. Okay. Um, and it was nobody from Michigan State or nothing like that. Um, but you know the choice was mine i mean the, the the literally i mean nobody made me swallow a pill or 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 uh take a, an injection of steroids except for me i made the final decision just like i did when i stopped um you know nobody made me stop it was just kind of like hey listen i mean this is enough is enough but um i guess i i'm not, not it's not so much peer pressure as it is pressure to perform mm-hmm. now you know on the other side of this coin Listen, there's a lot of players out there at the collegiate and pro level that perform just fine without taking steroids, and the same pressure is there. So, you know, it's just a different, it's a different I think, outlook and perception on how to get there. And mine was, you know what, I mean, I had that thing ingrained into my head that, the, listen, the Steelers won four Super Bowls. I know they were all on the juice. You know, the you know, rumors were flying, and, uh, you know, it was kind of like, listen, to get there, and to be dominant, because I didn't want to, just like I'm sure you did, you didn't want to go into the league and just be an average you know, defensive back or, or running back or offensive lineman. You wanted to be the best. You're right, you know? you're right. And, and so for me, I mean, my goal, hey, listen, I want to be the best. So what do you got to do to be the best? You got to do stuff that most people aren't willing to do. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to take steroids. You have to be willing to work harder. You have to be willing to work more often. You have to be willing to study in the classroom longer and all those things. Well, mine included all those things plus the drugs. Okay, and that's, and that's what I wanted to get to, Tony, because, I, you know, I have this thing where, you know, I have a picture where I actually, and I'm going to admit this, I, I got burnt. I literally got burnt by mm-hmm. Kevin Williams, a world-class printer, mm-hmm. and, and the Rose Bowl. And we actually lost that game 17-16. Now, I say to myself, you know, what's the difference in a national championship? Two-tenths of a second. I ran a 4.6, he ran a Mm 4.4. You know, what's the difference in a Super Bowl? You know, two-tenths of a second. Again, somebody who's, you know, instead of uh, running a 4.4 is is running a 4.6. Sure. You know, what's the difference in the 12th round and the first-round pick? You know, if I was 6'1", 195 at a 4.4, I'm a first-round pick. But instead, I'm a next-to-the-last-round draft pick. But what happens was the coaches make an adjustment. Look at me. Oh, I got nice sides and they got nice feet. You know, let's make him uh, a safety. So then all of a sudden a big corner becomes a safety. But you find some place to play. Now, the guard position wouldn't work out for you instead of tackle. I mean, because what we got to do is I don't want some people who who are listening to this show. I heard exactly what you said, but it was like, but I had to do this. Do you think you could have been a great player if you wouldn't have done the steroids? Absolutely. And, and, and you know, I mean, I, 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 I took steroids for five years from, from uh, 84 to 89. 
and uh, and then obviously I had other you know uh, drug and alcohol problems with painkillers and, and alcohol abuse while I played at Green Bay, and then I was out of the league for three years, and then I got sober in in March of 1995. And 11 months later, I had signed with the Colts, and I played with the Colts for three years. I was, you know, as sober as I am today. And, I, you know, I played well. I didn't play at a Pro Bowl level, but I started. And that wasn't easy to do after being out of the game for three years because even though I was still young, you lose foot speed, you lose a lot of things, you know, just being away from the game. And I, had to, and I trained. I mean, I, I remember playing racquetball six days a week for six months just to get some kind of foot speed back. Right, and, and you know, so I played those three years in in uh, Indianapolis sober, and I played pretty good. And you know what, Ray? I was almost, I was probably ninety six percent as strong as I ever was in my whole life when I was taking steroids. So when when I was you know benching five twenty five at Indy, and I was I was running a four uh, six, I mean a four eight instead of a four six, you know. I, I thought to myself, well, what the hell did you ever take steroids for if you can do this and you're older now? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, again, the light got turned on, and it was like, well, obviously what you were thinking you had to do, you really didn't have to do. Yeah, and I want to add one other thing, too, for those out there who are listening. You know, also the difference in two-tenths of a second is also millions of dollars of which, again, uh, and, and Tony has admitted to all this, all those things factor in. And But for me, I just, you know, I just didn't want to go that route. And not to say that, you know, hey, I, okay, Ray, you're a great guy. No, we're just giving two different perspectives to let people know perhaps maybe the same thing goes through somebody else's mind. But, you know, one person makes the decision not to. The other person makes the decision to do it. But then he recognizes he's doing the wrong thing and he turns around and does the right thing. So I want to give you credit for that, Tony. But listen, we got a couple people with us here. Uh, you know, Jeff Mosher is our East Coast correspondent out there, and he covers the, the Eagles and the NFC East, and Jeff is with us, and Fan Man's with us. Fan Man's been holding the longest. Fan Man, I'm going to ask you to ask a question, and then, of course, we're going to let Jeff, you there with us? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, okay. Jeff, Fan Man. Hey, Tony, uh, just one question. How, after you got off the drugs, um, has that affected your life uh, down the road up until now? You mean after I got off the steroids or after I got the off the steroids? steroids. And, uh, and whatever else, you know, you were doing. But yeah, well, I, I mean, now are you asking, did it, has it affected my physical health? Yeah, your physical health, uh, uh, sexually, well, has it affected you mentally? I mean, ha- we're not asking about or, sex well, life, we hear all these stories about people sure. getting all screwed up. Sure, well, I mean, I've always been a little bit insane. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to be, I mean, you have to be insane to do this stuff in the first place. Right, when so, you, but, but see, when you were on the, on the steroids, was that making you insane and green? Bay, where you you said you were you know, well, loud mouth and carrying on. That sure. Kind of now, now I, I had only taken steroids when I was at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I never took steroids uh, at, in the NFL, and okay. and my you know my biggest downfall in Green Bay was not the steroids. I mean, everybody was so focused on the steroids and the allegations mm-hmm. that they missed all the painkillers and all the alcohol on a daily basis. They were just not focused on it, and. You know, that's the stuff that almost killed me. I mean, it brought me to my knees and almost killed me. And, you know, only by the grace of God, it didn't. And, you know, uh, so is, are there effects? Well, you know what? I'm pretty pretty healthy today. I consider myself pretty lucky. Are there going to be effects? You know what? I don't know. There could be. There couldn't be. Um, are my chances greater that there will be? Probably, because there was a lot of not just steroid abuse, but painkiller abuse. I mean, I mean, what type of painkillers are we talking about? Well, you know, Vicodin, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anything with codeine in it and a barbiturate. So anything that will get me numb 
Anything, right. you know, I mean, my I used to look at prescription bottles of painkillers, and if it had the sticker that said, you know, do not take with alcohol, that's the one I wanted because I knew that it would get me messed up. Right. And, you know, that's just not a right frame of mind to be in. And, uh, you know, and that stuff literally almost killed me. And, and, you know, and that's really the reason. I mean, I'm, you know, 13 and a half years sober now, and uh, it was time to come out with this with the book to help people that are in the addiction, whether they're athletes or not, to say, hey, listen, this is what I did. These are the mistakes I made. It almost killed me, and there's a better way to do it. That's great. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're doing that. Um, I guess the other question uh, would be, are player, do you think the NFL should turn around and have a drug policy where players do get tested random, randomly like they do currently with a job, for instance? So you go to your job, and you know one day they go, okay, fan man, your turn. Right. Well, I, I mean, when I, when I left the league in 98, uh, well, it was, it was as like the that. moderator, guys, I got to interrupt that there. Hold on to that thought, though, Tony. Okay. Hey, Jeff, you hold on, too, because you're going to ask a question on the other side. We're going to answer that question. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Amen. Tony Mandarich is our guest, as well as Jeff Mosh is with us. We'll be right back after this message. Yes. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds Part. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Jack, you'll get you right back to your head. JackLalane.com presents Jack Lane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine Lalane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris Lalane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack Lalane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Cheer. Uh-huh. Rihanna, uh-huh. Uh-huh. good girl, going 
Yes, sir. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Amen. We're in Phoenix living like it matters. We got a great guest with us today, uh, Tony Mandridge, of course, uh, former first-round draft pick for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, had a couple struggles, ups and downs in his life, but, uh, you know, he's really bounced back, and we're happy to have him on the phone with us, too, as well as our East Coast correspondent, Jeff Mosher. Our fan man uh, ended with a question there before we went to break, and, and that was about a drug policy in the NFL in terms of them having, a, should they implement a random drug test? And, and Tony, I'm not that current on the uh, current policies with, uh, you know, screening and things of that nature, well, but there hey, is, hey, a, Greg, there is something that's in place. a random drug test the year-round. So, in other words, if you're signed to a contract with a team, yeah, but there they is, can pull the player off-season, in-season, doesn't matter, just to test them. Yeah, here's what I'm going to I'm going to ask Jeff, who I think probably knows a little bit about that, and then, Jeff, you can go with your question. But, Jeff, are you are you familiar with the drug policy of today? Um, vaguely. I think it's changed a little bit over the few years, so I'm not as uh, familiar as I once was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that does call for a couple off-season drug tests and, and a yeah. couple during the season as well, am I right? Yes, I believe it does. Yeah, because that was a question but about T.O. I don't T. think they do blood tests, uh, um, Ray. I, I, don't th- I think blood tests are still not done. I think it's all uh, uh, urine tests. So, in other words, I could go to my uh, my local head shop and get something to <laughs> drain out all the drugs. Well, I mean, that's well, that's, that's raised the argument hey, about. Baby, um, okay. Hey, fan man, you should write a book. Fan man, you should write a book too. <laughs> I am going to write a book. <laughs> okay, let me take this on to uh, Jeff. Do me a favor. Uh, go ahead and one of those questions you just been waiting to ask Tony. You, I'm sure you heard he was going to be on the show, or perhaps maybe you didn't because I didn't warn you ahead of time. But uh, you didn't. But I t- know it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, um, Tony's here. Is there has there been a question since you've uh, heard the things about you know the good and the bad? But we just want to uh, have a show here where Tony knows nothing's been you know rehearsed and mm-hmm. we're just going to we're going to play ball. So go ahead and ask a question. Hey, Tony. Um, How are you? Good, good, thanks. I guess I, what I'm wondering is, I mean, you've probably seen the advancements made uh, these days in steroids, these designer drugs, HGH, even, and there are guys who are coming out saying they can make stuff that will never be detectable. Do you think that no matter what, there will always be some level of a, of a steroid problem in the NFL? Well, you know, uh, that's a great question. Uh, I think that there will always be a problem with looking for the edge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we talked about earlier, again, whether the edge is diet or training extra hard or whatever, or doing all those things, and in addition to, because there's a listen, when you get to that level, as you guys know, everybody runs fast, everybody works out hard, because that's part of the reason they get to that level. Mm-hmm. So now they're looking for the edge, and, and, and I'm talking, you know, from my own experiences, and if, you know, if there's, I mean, I, I don't think you can test for growth hormone yet. Um, I think they might be able to test your like levels and have like a benchmark level, and if it shoots up really mm-hmm. high, they it might raise a red flag. But on the other hand, what if you have a player that's 22, 23 years old and is a late bloomer, and his growth hormone really kicks in, natural mm-hmm. growth hormone? Mm-hmm. So now you're in a you know it, it can be a very sticky situation. But I think there will always be the problem with you know designer drugs, uh, chemists coming up with new stuff, whether it's out of Europe, whether it's here. I think people are constantly looking. I know that in, um, and I can't remember if it was California, but they had that one doctor who dealt with Romanowski and some other ball players. Right. I forget his name, but he got arrested and got in big trouble. Uh, or, and, and dealt with the baseball players, too. Yeah, I think Victor Conti is who you're Yeah, and, you know, there's, there's a ton of those guys around, and he, he just happened to get caught. 
and um, you know the loose lips sink ships kind of thing happened. And uh, but those guys are by the dozens out there making the stuff, trying to you know get athletes to take it and and you know and make money. But I think you know some athletes won't do it, some athletes will, and then you know you kind of get into that dilemma with the athlete that won't do it. It's kind of like, you know what, this is not fair because this person has an advantage. I'm not willing to take the risk because of health and because of cheating reasons. Um, but yet the other guy is making, you know, millions of dollars and, and he's stronger. Hey, Tony, let me say this to you because I'm one of those guys, I've always stood strong that, you know, I do not, those people who have taken it, like yourself, and you've admitted it, I, I appreciate your honesty. I think the only problem with me that I've ever had about the fact that somebody's taking steroids is the reasons of which they, again, the excuses they make for why they, they take them. I don't mind if, okay, Tony decided to take them, guess what? They're going to run student body left, student body right, and i got to come up as a strong safety and try to support the run. And, and there was some crazy guy from Ohio State University, it was my defensive back coach, with the Eagles named Fred Bruni, who said, I don't want you to chop them. I want you to stand up on your feet and take them on. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, man, you took too many snaps at Ohio State. Look at this big Tony coming around the corner here. But the only thing I say to that is I like it when you say, listen, I'm taking them. If you take them or not too bad, guess what? I got them in my system. I'm coming at you. You better be ready. I like that. And that's okay. And I knew that. And here's the thing. I want you to answer this question for me is if you had a chance right now, you know, we've heard a different type of profiling. If you had a chance to go into a college locker room or a professional locker room, do you think, based upon your experience, that you could point out those who are using steroids? And if you, if so, what percentage do you think you would be right? Well, um, you know, I, I think I There's got to be a certain kind of look, Tony. I mean, we, course, we, we remember seeing you on that Sports Illustrated. Right. There's a certain uh, kind of look. And, sure. and you and I, come on now, we're playing ball here. Exactly. I've seen, no, I've I, seen I, it, too. I, I, there's, there's definitely a certain kind of look and a certain kind of uh, attitude and personality that a person has that's taking them. Um, and, yes, I could probably point, you know, point them out. You know, what percentage? What percentage you think? You, what, what percent? Yeah, college or pros? What percentage out of ten? How many guys could you pick out? Do you think out of ten, do you think you'd be correct in picking them out? You know, that's. I mean, honestly, that's a tough one to answer, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm not around the game anymore. But I, I will tell you what I answered for somebody last week, and they asked me what do I, what did I think the percentage was back when I played. And the percentage was probably between 10 and 20%. So out of every 10 players, I would guess that one or two out of 10 were taking some kind of performance-enhancing drugs. And I'm talking college football. But I think, uh, my question to you, though, is can, do you think you can eyeball that kid and pick him out? Um, yeah, I do. And see, and that's, that's, the, that's what I wanted to hear because I do too. Now that I've, I've been out of the game a little bit, Tony, and, you know, back then it was discreetly taken by those who were taking it. But sure. once, once it became prevalent that we, okay, now steroids is a big thing, and we look back on it, we think about it. You know what? It, it must have been like Popeye. He went around the corner, drank some spinach, came back. He had all these muscles because right. he didn't hey, come hey, Tony, here where, like where do you get your book at? Where can, we, where can the uh, listeners and the fans of the show? Um, you, uh, you're you're going to, starting uh, November 1st, you can pre-order it at my website, which is TonyManders.com. You can actually, if you go to the website now, you can download Chapter 10 for free. 
Um, but it'll go on sale in, in March, uh, a month before the 20th year anniversary of my draft, and it'll be everywhere. It'll be Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Borders, all over the place. Cool. Okay, the great. Hey, we're going to get... The ones that I pre-sell now will be, uh, you'll get two weeks before the public, and they'll be personally autographed. Yeah, that, that's great, because, I, you know, Famine asked that question, so I'll go ahead and kind of ask this question I was going to ask later on about that, but I'll ask it now, because, you know, we here at uh, Voice America Sports, we, our parent company is Motivox, and uh, Motivox is our interactive d- division of the company, and, and we have a, a software division of which we own some patented softwares, and, and one of them we own is, is a something called Stream Syndicate. It's a geo-targeted software, and that allows for you to advertise online to a certain geographic, you know, in some region. Right. When it comes to your book, in terms, who are you targeting with this book? Who are you trying to target? Who you want to make sure gets a chance to read this book, Tom? Well, the two, I mean, I have two targets. One of them are definitely, obviously, athletes, and, and those are athletes from, from Pop Warner High School, college, right to the NFL. That's definitely one target. And the other target is much broader, and that's really anybody that has, or thinks they have a problem with alcohol or drug addiction, and it, it doesn't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be a male. It could be a female. It could be a housewife in her 50s. It could be a 16-year-old kid. And I know the message. My motive for this, I've already explained to you guys, and the message for me is already working because when the story, when the press release went out from Showtime on Tuesday and the, and the interview was on Wednesday night, I got emails from... Dallas. I got emails from Wichita, Kansas. I got an email from Chicago, and I had somebody locally here in Phoenix contact me. The three of them were football players. That um, one of them had played pro. Two of them had only got to the big time collegiate level. One of them was sober. Two of them are still having problems, and they can't. And they don't know how to get sober. The other person here in town uh, was one of my clients, and they contacted me and they said, "I think I'm an alcoholic." So already I've gotten contact with, and, and people are reaching out because they want help. So for me, for, for me, I was, I can't tell you how happy I was about that. To me, it was already a success, and the book isn't even released. And I'm like, you know what? The message is already working because people are reaching out, and people are saying, hey, listen, if he can do it, there's no reason why I can't do it. Hey, Tony, I think that's, uh, man, that's really um, um, an admirable of you to, to say that and, and to, to want to help other people. Are there, is there any portion, of, I mean, it's your money, you can do what you want to do, but is there any portion of this that's being donated to any charity or you consider your own charity or something like that to help people out, drug and addiction and, and kids? And, and also, steroids, young kids. Tony, I'm going to try to see if I can hold you to this one since that's part of your target. I'm working with a group here at Voice America, you know, Football University. I have a, a good friend over there, Brett Cooper, who's, the, you know, the, the national uh, scout, you know, dealing with some of the younger kids, regional directors, national director. I mean, he's really involved. And, and I've been talking to him about their program and us doing some things with them. I, I want to see if we can get you involved to go down and talk to those kids. I mean, this is the uh, Army All-American football team, they, this game they put on every year. For you to talk to some of those kids and let them know what happened to you and what not to do. We need somebody like you in front of those kids so they can understand the downfalls and the pitfalls of drug addiction and steroids. So Absolutely, uh, and, and that's the whole reason we're doing it. And, and to get back to the first part of your question, right now, um, is, the answer to the question is, is, am I putting any money towards any charity right now? No. 
And the reason I'm not is because all the we didn't get a tier one publisher. We were trying to get Penguin, Simon & Schuster, all these big publishing companies, and they all came back and they said, your story is too old and nobody's interested. Well, so I'll we tell you what, a, we're, we we're interested, a, Tony. You hold on. we got to take okay. a break. We're interested. We're going to let you tell more of that after the break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Amen. We'll be right back after this mess. Juice and gin in the city we bled Amongst the hustle, titties and scan Fifties and realms Your internet flagship station for sports Voice America Sports so Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. I remember the original version of that song. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. And. Fan man. Okay, I I'm love that song. Tony, you like that song? <laughs> it's all right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ray likes to, you know, do, this, do his thing. You know. Ray's hey, older than me. Yeah, he's, he's hey, an old dude. There you go. That's old school, man. But listen, you know, old school, new school. We, we want to talk about those things that Tony knows. And, and, and Tony knows that, you know, some people are wondering, hey, man, are you just out trying to make money off this book? But you, you start to tell us a little bit about what you're doing. And every man has a right to make as much no, no, money no, as he possibly can. No, no, Schuster and Penguin and the rest of them turned you down because they said it was old news and nobody would buy it. Is that what they yeah, said? Yeah, but like I said, we're interested. So tell us a little bit more about that, Tony. Then, Jeff, we got to talk some football, man. Well, they, 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 I went to the big publishing houses. They said, sorry, too old, nobody's interested, You're, you know, nobody cares anymore. So we ended up going to a Tier 2 publisher, uh, Modern History Press, out of, ironically, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, and I was very grateful that they took a chance on us. The only thing with a Tier 2 is you don't get any money up front. You only make money if the book makes money and if you sell it. Now, 
Um, I get a, a very small percentage of it at the end of the day on, on the books that we sell, but that publisher puts all the money up front on, on the printing of the book and all those things. I have to put up all the marketing money to market this thing. So starting off, I'm in the hole. Um, and, and it, But that's okay. It's a choice I've made, and I knew that the most important thing for me is to get this message out. It wasn't, I mean, I'd be lying to say, of course, I, I want it to be a financial success too, but the the thing that dominates the whole thing from before the, the pen ever hit the paper when we started writing this book, it was why are we writing it? And the reason was to help people get sober, to make have athletes aware of what's going on out there and what happened to me, learn from my mistakes and don't make the same mistakes. Well, hey, again, I, I, I commend you on that. Not everybody. We all got skeletons in our closet, and I'm keeping that door shut. <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're one of those who have opened that door to your closet. And once you do, it's, it's fair game. So, I mean, you know, you're as big as man as you were on the field. That's the way you are, you know, behind this mic right now, and I commend you on that. And as a matter of fact, I, I want to continue. To, we'll talk off the air because, uh, you know, I've talked to some folks here at Voice America Sports and uh, – you know, perhaps maybe there's a, some ways we can uh, work to help you continue to get this message out because it's an important message. And for Tony, whoever thinks it's old news, they're crazy because they just had in the Wall Street Journal that there are at least 185 cases. This was the weekend version of it where they didn't want anybody. They don't think we read the weekend version right. of the Wall Street Journal that there are at least 185 cases and nobody's been at least those 185 haven't been suspended. Steroids right. is still prevalent in college football and in pro football and tony has told you and i am also telling you you can look at the people and see if they're on, they're your kids listen if your kid all of a sudden is coming in the house he doesn't have a job he doesn't work anywhere you haven't given him any money and he's wearing these hundred dollar sneakers and yep. he's got all these designer clothes and he's got these gold watches on and everything and you don't ask him where he's getting the money from you're the fool same thing with your kids same I thing agree. with your kids. Hey, Jeff, let's talk a little bit of football. Tell us what's happening out there in the NFC East. Ooh, you mean the best conference in the NFL? It is. You know what? And it's not always good to be in that best conference because the odds are against you. I, there's maybe there's two teams for sure that will come out of there and be in the playoffs, but it, uh, the conference is good enough that perhaps maybe all four of them could be in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, you could see three NFC East teams in the playoffs, uh, you know, one division winner and two wild cards. It, certainly, and then you look it around, I mean, in the NFC North, it doesn't look like there's a, a great dominant team that's out there. The NFC South, you know, the Saints showed you last night that they're vulnerable. NFC West, oh boy, where do we start? I mean, the Arizona Cardinals are the best team, right, fan? Oh, they're, they're, oh I love them now. I'm, I'm, I, I called Ray up and I said, oh my God, look at they got their asses kicked last week, 56 to 35, and then they come back and win this game. And I'm going, oh God. Hey, Tony, I tried to warn you. Oh, Tony, I tried to warn you about this guy, fan man. Now, he doesn't hey, want you know to get. I've been through 20 years with the Cardinals, with the Pigeons, and I don't believe that they're going to do anything. Uh, I think they're going to fall apart like they normally do. Hey, How about Tony? Kurt Warner saying he almost retired after that? Well, you know what? I, you know what, Jeff? I think he is going to retire. He's he's getting old. He, he has a family. He doesn't want to get all. You know, he's he's taken enough hits and enough bumps along the road, and I think he needs to. I think he said, "Hey, after I saw that hit, I hey, uh, you know, I I, yeah. I, I got to get out of this." Hey, Tony, let me ask you about an NFC team, your old team, the Packers. What do, what do you think about them? We don't want to, we don't want to talk about Brett Favre, but what do you think about the Packers? Is Tony still with us? Up, oh, Tony, you there? Tony, leave. Oh. Okay, Tony, oh, maybe gone. Okay, but but uh, tell me a little bit about the Packers. Yeah, uh, is is is, is Rodgers is uh, 
What do you th- what do you think, Jeff? When you look at what he's doing, I know he doesn't want to hear any more about Brett Favre, but just just as a quarterback and his production, his production was was pretty good. But he's a little banged up. You, you think he'll be able to make it through the entire season? Well, you know, I, you know, he might, Ray. I mean, I don't know. We don't know yet for whether he's a uh, a guy who's injury prone or not. But I've watched him twice, and I felt that he makes you know he's good on his feet. He he's, he gets rid of the ball quickly, but he also you know he looks like a quarterback who's in his first year. He throws in the coverage a little bit too much, and the the offense uh, has gone into a, a few funks with him, you know, out hey, there. Hey, Jeff, and, and I, think, I think the Packers made a very good decision with him. I think he's the future of the Packers. I, I, think. I think the jury is out. I mean, I've seen some things that impressed me, but I've seen some things that made him look like a first-year quarterback, hey, too. So let's I, go back to the Eagles. What, what's happening, man? And It's slipping uh, away. <laughs> what, what's going on? Um, well, let's see. Where do you, where do you start? Uh, I don't know. Man, man. I don't, I don't you know got, where to start out. You know, you've got a, a, a kicker that's not no longer has made has missed forty uh, nine straight kicks of forty five yards and over. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. He's got the leg because he keeps you know his kicks are good for sixty, but he has an accuracy problem that he even himself can't even seem to explain. Um, you know, I don't know if a kicker can go through a slump, but apparently David Akers is in one. Uh, you've got uh, an offense that's just. Butter, Deshaun Jackson has disappeared. You've, you've seen them get stout, stood up at the goal line twice now yep. in two weeks. And last week, the, their number one ranked rush defense gave up 145 yards to Clinton Portis. So it's it's a little bit different thing every every game. Now. Every game, you can't you don't know. I mean, they came no. out of the starting gate. Everybody's talking Super Bowl, and it sure doesn't look like Super Bowl to me. I mean, look at the Redskins. I mean, I, I've been, I, I said to Ray and, and, and you a couple weeks ago before the season started, I thought the Redskins were going to be uh, a power to be dealt with. Yeah, yeah you, 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 I will give you credit. You did bring it, but you, well, look, you, you said, but you did say the Eagles, like I said, the Eagles were going to win the East. That's what we said. Well, you know, it's uh, still early in the season. I still think they just got to get the O line together and 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 get things moving along. And something's falling apart there. And I, I'm well, watching it going. What's what, what's happening? Well, let me just I mean, say I, this. I'm looking at the shootout with Dallas and Philly when they did the Monday yeah. night game. I mean, what happened? What I don't know, but one problem is, and you know, you know, the Eagles under Andy Reid, their first 15 plays are always scripted. Yes. I mean, it doesn't mean they follow it all the time, but they have an idea of what they want to do the first quarter of how they want to attack. And if you look, they're the highest-scoring team in the league in the first quarter, and in, if you compare their first-half stats to their second-half stats, I think it's something like 85 points in the first half and 28 to, or 30 points in the second half. That's a huge disparity, and I think what you're seeing is teams are making adjustments and the Eagles aren't making the counter-adjustments. Well, you know, that's interesting because when you go in at halftime, you know, that's when the coaches make their adjustments. And also, it's when they throw the little wrinkle in there. It could be that they, you know, I remember playing on teams where they say, okay, we'll give them this the first half and we'll take it away the second half. So that could be scripted as far as they're concerned, too. But I want to switch a little bit and go up north a little bit of Philadelphia there. Why in the world are the New York Giants the Rodney Dangerfield of pro football. Why won't anybody <laughs> give them the respect that they deserve? They're the Super Bowl champs. They're undefeated. Eli's pe- playing like you know what, a combination you know of Peyton fans, and his brother and, like and, and Tom Brady. Who doesn't like the New York Giants? I, they don't like them. I like them. They won, you know, I think they're, 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 they're undefeated, and they went to the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, I don't I think, know why they're doing this, but I think there's a lot of people just, just uh, I, I don't think, like Yeah, I, I don't think the Giants were ever earned the attention they got for winning the Super Bowl, and I think that... They've been the type of team that has to continue to go out until you improve it every week. And, uh, you know, I think you're going to start to hear them now. I think right now, if you, if you ask all those talking heads on the ESPN, on Fox, and all that, who's the best team in the league, they're finally going to f- cop to the fact that it's the Giants. But it certainly took them, you know, five, even after winning a Super Bowl, it took them people five weeks to admit it. Right, but this was, is, this is no they flu. talk more about New England than they do the Giants. They yeah, this do. is no really do. This is no what flu. What is with this New England thing? 
Yeah, well, nobody right now, right now, New England, it, it's old news. I mean, one thing about football is, you know, what have you done for me lately? You know, a, a, a one-game winning streak is like, you know, a 20-game winning streak in baseball. Ah, man, winning streaks. Well, right, I think we've had a winning streak with this baseball. show today. The Phillies and the Dodgers, fabulous. Congratulations <laughs> to the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, who knows? Manny may get just what he wishes for at the end when it's all <laughs> said and done. Hey, it's been a great show. I appreciate Tony stopping in. Always appreciate Jeff. You've listened to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Band man. I got to say this. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. We'll still be living in Phoenix like it matters. I got to be made. You'll never.